So a lot of um, African-Americans learn it because either they find out that they have um, Nigerian, particularly Yoruba heritage, and they want a way to connect. So yeah. I've had a student say that she never felt like um, English was her first language, even though mm. it was. She didn't feel like it was her true language so learning Yoruba has helped her connect to you know where she really comes from um some people learn because it's their heritage they don't want to lose that and we are actually at a point where Yoruba could really be extinct very soon because a lot of people aren't teaching their children um a lot of people if they're not teaching their children that means their children can't teach I mean most of my friends are all like Nigerians none of them can speak it Wow. So if they can't speak it, they can't teach their children. Every, and let me just say, everybody out there, this is the calling. <laughs> this is the time. She's got the lessons online. We're trying to share with you. Welcome to Sun Chasing Success, a podcast for online entrepreneurs, authors, and influencers worldwide. We are here to enhance your quality of life while helping you build location-independent businesses. We connect listeners with guests, insights and discussions from the sunny coasts of the USA to the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean islands. Fascinating dialogue from the enchanting beaches of Brazil to the majestic shores of Africa. Each week we deliver specialized knowledge, wisdom, strategies and tips to enhance your success, freedom and fun under the sun. Now here's your host, Bayo Oloronto. This is Bayo. Welcome back to Sun Chasing Success. I've got an amazing guest today. This guest is very special because also it connects to my language uh, from my father and, and back to Africa, Nigeria, and the Yoruba culture. And basically, she's the founder and lead tutor at YorubaLessons.com. And she runs a platform dedicated to promoting and teaching the Yoruba language and culture. And though she qualified as a barrister, which is an attorney in, in England, that's the term for attorney, uh, she's been basically teaching and uh, she's now working full-time to build this, this Yoruba Lessons platform. And basically it's a platform that celebrates the Yoruba culture through language and uh, the culture. So basically our website is yorubalessons.com and you can find her on Instagram, yorba underscore lessons and coco underscore infusion. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Blessing Kayo Day, the queen of Yoruba Lessons on YouTube. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's a truly is a blessing to have you on and uh, to connect with you. Because when I because how did I find your content was that uh, I wanted I, I've, I've learned Portuguese since I've been here in Brazil. And I wanted to know how could I get back into Yoruba because I had pieces and parts. So just tell everybody. You know, when did this, I mean, you grew up in Nigeria or where did you grow up and how did this all start for you? So I was actually born in Nigeria um, and then I moved to England when I was six and I pretty much lived my whole life in England. Um, so how it started for me was I had a YouTube channel before anyway. It was more of a lifestyle YouTube channel. So it was just, you know, just normal hauls talking videos and then one day I saw because a lot of all of my friends pretty much don't speak Yoruba they understand it but they don't speak it because they're all British Nigerians so I was like oh let me make a video where I uh, speak Yoruba and teach my friends you know how to speak 
And so the when I made that video, I was on like 700 subscribers. Uh-huh. And then I just thought the video started gaining views. And then it was a thousand views, a wow. thousand subscribers. And then it was 2,000 subscribers and 3,000. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then in the past two years, we've gone from 700 to 30,000 subscribers. And it's solely because of the Yoruba lessons. Um, so that's how the YouTube side of it took off. And I saw that people were really interested and then people started emailing me saying, you know, like I want to learn GD one-on-one lessons. And back then I was, I was um, in my legal career. So I wasn't thinking of Yoruba. I didn't think it was a thing that I could do. But then I started doing lessons one-on-one. And then it just grew to the point where it made sense to go full-time because um, I, do- I was teaching every day. And I've been Yoruba, teaching Yoruba ever since. <laughs> wow. And I'm sure that that has to be, uh, as we say, a sun chasing success, successful and fulfilling. Because now you're doing something that's truly, truly natural to you, your people, your culture. It's something that can be beneficial and profitable too. It's a great business. Um, tell me a little bit about what that's like, uh, you know, because I grew up, you know, in the United States and a lot of our parents in that generation, sometimes they didn't value that, okay, this, you know, the, the emphasis on teaching Yoruba. So we hear it, you know, I, I grew up hearing it. Um, you know, and, and, and little little words and games and family members, but the emphasis wasn't on how do you maintain it. Why do you think that happens in Europe and the United States in the way that it has? Um, I think it's uh, there's two parts to it. I think people who maybe had children in Nigeria and then moved them over to um, the Western world. I think some people are worried that their children will develop an accent. I've actually heard people say, I don't want them to have an accent, so I'm going to speak English to them, or I don't want to confuse them with Yoruba, so I'm going to teach them English. I think other people, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to teach someone a language if they're hearing English in school or they're just used to English around. So I think sometimes it's that they think, okay, if I speak it to you, at some point you'll pick it up because that's how I learn. So a lot of people can understand because they spoke it to them, but there are just some things that you have to teach and explain, like, no, you have to use this word. And also when people speak to you in in Yoruba, you understand it, but if you don't speak back, then you won't gain the confidence. So a lot of the times, if you can understand exactly what they're saying, and chances are you can say it as well, but it's the confidence that makes it, you know, you feel like, okay, I can't speak Yoruba because you're not confident because you haven't been speaking it so far. That's what I think. Yeah, I can agree with that uh, in learning. I, like I had French in high school and there was nobody really to practice it with because in the Republic of Benin, they speak French. So I was like, okay, I'll just take French in school. And I remember having like the grammar lessons and all that and it's still there. But it wasn't until I got here to Brazil that I had a little more of a flow but even immersion wasn't really enough. I had to learn the structure of how to learn a language. Then I started teaching some English and I saw the difficulty Brazilians have with learning English. And that's when I started making the, the, the click that, okay, there's a process. So I actually have a notebook <laughs> that I use that uh, has uh, Yoruba for Yoruba as well, because I understand like uh, the focus on pronunciation, uh, verbs, vocabulary, and grammar. So give us a little bit of a, a understanding of what is that process? Like, now, were you speaking Yoruba fluently when you, with your, when you were younger? 
So when I was in Nigeria, I didn't really speak Yoruba because I, I lived with my grandparents and I went to school. So we learned English in school. But when I moved um, to England with my parents, so my parents were in England already and I moved to join them, they spoke Yoruba to us. And so me, my brother, we both came over and they spoke Yoruba to us. But I always responded back in English. And so over time, um, speaking, I um, responded back in Yoruba. So speaking Yoruba to them and then watching Yoruba movies there was no like moment of actually learning. It just, I just started speaking it. So okay. I think I didn't realize I was fluent until people would be like, oh my gosh, you can speak Yoruba. And I was like, oh yeah, I can. Um, but to me, it was the same as English. Like I, I just spoke it without thinking about it. So I, I, I became fluent once I got into England and I was speaking with my parents. But there was no like moment okay. of I'm learning to be fluent. And you have you have siblings as well because I saw a video. You have a brother and other siblings. How many siblings do you have? Oh, two. So my older brother and younger sister. Okay, so your brother he looked like man. You you had him sweating a little bit. How <laughs> how are they with with your book? So my sister doesn't speak it at all, um, okay. but she understands like a lot of it. But my older brother he does speak it, but he doesn't speak it like well so like there are certain things you'll, you'll have to think about or you won't know how to say it but i think he, he does okay for someone who like you know he doesn't speak it to anyone else but our parents so he, he does it well i think <laughs> yeah well i think that with with our communication um putting our minds together eventually more and more people can see that learning a language doesn't have to be so hard uh, one of the things I took away uh, from being here was I took away all those big, huge books of verbs. Um, you know, I, I basically broke it down into the six uh, tenses, uh, verb tenses, like, you know, past, present, and future, simple and continuous. And that helped me really get the basis of Portuguese because Portuguese has like maybe 30 or 40 different types of conjugations and, and phases of time that you could speak about. So is there some ways that uh, Yoruba is, is, like structurally, do you think there's some, some things that are more simple about it or more complicated or what parts are more simple or complicated in Yoruba? That's a good point because I think in Yoruba as well, you know in English, if you want to say like go, for example, there's go for like continuous, going, present, right. went, past. Yoruba doesn't do all of that. Okay. So the word for go, went, gone, will go, all of it is just lo. It's just one word. Lo. And that's uh, okay. all of the verbs. So eating, ate, will eat, eaten, all of it is gel. So Yoruba is a lot simpler in the sense of you don't have to learn, okay, when I'm talking in the present tense, I use this version of the verb. Mm -hmm. It's all just one. Um, and I think also Yoruba is a bit more literal. So some things that in English you, you have to understand maybe context or something, in Yoruba you're just saying like what it literally says or oh, what it literally okay. So for example, let's say, let's take a few common verbs and this will help some of the people listening right now. And by the way, whether you're African-American, African, European, wherever you're from, Brazilian, there's a lot of Brazilians that want to learn Yoruba too. Um, hopefully what we can do is we can kind of show them that just to start, just to start with a few words and just start learning. And then you can always follow up with her lessons online. But let's talk about like, let's say a few verbs, like, okay, like eat. You said, uh, did you say what that was? Jail. Jail. So how do you spell that? J-E-U-N. J-E-U-N. Jail. 
Okay, so so what you're saying is that when you so how does Yoruba address like the past, present, and future? Is there another set of words that goes with that? So it's actually like the words around it that will make it what tense you're speaking in. So okay. for example, if you're saying I am eating, it's the I am that makes it present tense. So the moon in front of gel that makes it present. So moon gel, I am eating. Oh, okay. to Past, I say, go on. No, no, go ahead. I'm just writing that down. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so to make it past, all you do is remove the N in the sentence. So the N is what makes it, pre- like the N is the present tense, like symbol. Oh, okay. But if you remove the N, you now have mojel I ate. Ah, mojel I ate. So you're taking the N away. Okay. And let's say, what about, uh, let's say talk, for example. Mm-hmm. So sorrow. 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 How do we spell that? S-O-R-O. S-O-R-O. So that means talk. So would I say mon sorrow? Perfect. So to I say I'm talking. speaking, I'm talking mon sorrow. Mon sorrow. Okay. So we got the I am and then we got the sorrow. And then past for that would be like yesterday I talked. How would we mon say sorrow. Ah, so now are you saying that you take away the end from the moon or you take away the end from the the June? Like when you take the, away the, Oh no, the end from the moon. Okay, is this because of a different word? Oh no. So like the so moon is I am. Okay. But the end is what makes it like the present tense. Oh, so okay, I got confused on that. Okay, so it's <laughs> taking it off the moon. So on, on moon June is mo June. Because you take yes. the N off and then soro, mo soro. Exactly. Uh, okay, okay. So I talked. Okay, got it. Now, it, uh, let's say that, uh, let's t- maybe take one more word. Um, uh, now, what about the idea of irregular and regular? Is there anything like that? Irregular and irregular irre- that, that would change if a verb is different? Like, you know, in English, if I say, I slept, I, I, well, I slept mm-hmm. instead of, you know, ED. Is there anything like that? In your- <laughs> okay, good. It doesn't do that. <laughs> so in Yoruba, like all of the verbs, it's all the same. So monsoon is sleeping or slept. So monsoon mm-hmm. is I am sleeping. Monsoon is I slept. Monsoon, mm, S-E-U-N? Yeah, S-U-N. So. S-U-N, okay. Say what you were going to say? I was going to say, once you know that, to say I am doing something, it's just mon and the verb. To say I did something, it's just mo and the verb. And that applies for almost all of the verbs. Okay, so, so in that case, uh, for someone that wants to learn, from my understanding as a teacher, then what would be most important then is just really getting the definition of these verbs. Mm-hmm. So you want to get your Yoruba verbs, make a list and get a nice notebook. <laughs> and basically all of your, let's say maybe your your top 100 verbs that you use every day, eat, sleep, drink, walk, talk. And then you got that. And then you start practicing your mon. Mon soro, mon jon, mon soon. That's how exactly. I would do it. Is that right? I'm trying to be a good yeah. student. <laughs> No, that's right. And that's okay. why I advise people to do. So once we learn how to say, I am doing it, I did it, and I have done it, and I will do it, 
you can take any verb and just run through them and then we extend it to I can do it. I okay. I um, want to do it. And it's the same because you're just saying, you know, I, the beginning part and then the verb, beginning part, the verb. The beginning part will be the same for all of your verbs. Got you. Wow, that's beautiful. So mm-hmm. now let's go back to one thing I like to talk about, which is pronunciation. Because mm-hmm. I found that teaching English, learning Portuguese, French, Pronunciation is so important because if we don't get those fundamentals of how to say the words correctly, we're never really actually speaking the language correctly. Um, I, I made a chart for English that there's about 70-some sounds in English that I mm-hmm. use to help teach. And that's kind of, sometimes people are surprised by that because there's 26, I mean, uh, the alphabet, well, regular mm-hmm. alphabet. But then you have like all these sounds like A, you say three different ways or I three different ways. Yoruba is more tonal of a language. And I grew up with my dad trying to teach me bo, bo, and and all these different sounds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) How many different sounds are there in Yoruba or in general tones or sounds? What are we working with here? What do we have to do? (laughs) So there's a lot of different sounds. But in terms of Talking tone, as in like the tone that you put on the words, there's three. Oh, okay. So that's that's slightly different only because that's if you know the tones on the words. So you have do, you have re, you have me. Okay. So that influences how like a word will sound depending on what you mean. But that's because we have like homophones. So we have a lot of words that are written the same but are pronounced differently. Mm. So it's that tonal mark on the top that tells you how you pronounce it. For example, OKO. If mm. you have um, OKO with dots on the bottom of the O's, there's two words that come to mind first. You have car, OKO. OKO? And husband, OKO. OKO. Mm-hmm. Okay. And husband, OKO. <laughs> That's two different words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's the problem a lot of people have. Because they right. hear me say oko and oko. And they're like, what's the difference? So, okay, <laughs> so let, is... me, let me try this here. So with the beginning, oko, oko. Oh no. Cat, yeah, a little it's it's almost right. So oko, you are going up okay. and then oko. You're coming down. Oko, o, oko. We'll we'll work on those. We'll work. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost there, but, it's but that's what practice. that's what you're there for. And I just want to help people understand that this is what it takes. This is what it takes. You have to be willing to uh, just play around with the sounds. Don't feel bad about messing up. That's the biggest le- the biggest lesson that I want people to take from you is that you know that, you know, because you teach people and you understand. So, um, and so with, with these tones, what else is there that's involved with the pronunciation after? After the tones, it's just, I think, being confident. That's the mm-hmm. thing. And like you said, it's so important that people understand. It's okay to, 
to make mistakes. Mm. Like people are so afraid to like pronounce something because they, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, listen, I don't Do it. pronounce yeah. it wrong to me. That it's better that you say it wrong a million times with me, and then we can work on it. So yeah. I think what's important is being confident about it because when you hear something, your mind will try and mimic it anyway. But if yeah. you, if you're a bit nervous about it, that's when you're specifically trying to pronounce it a certain way you can end up pronouncing it wrong but if you're just like okay i heard it i'm going to try and recreate it most often you'll get it right and i and so I it's think, just yeah go ahead what were you gonna say i think that uh once also you have like comparisons like the vowels uh is there a difference in the, the way that vowels are used in yoruba like for example yeah. a, in english a e i o u how would that be in Yoruba? Yeah, so it's actually a good point. The alphabet, knowing the alphabet makes pronunciation a lot easier for you. So if you're familiar with the alphabet, the vowels, most of them, so um, E, O, and uh, E, O, and S, sorry. So E and O, they have two of them. Okay. So there's two different ways that we pronounce like certain words. Like E, you might have an A and an E. So okay. if you know the alphabet, then you'll know, okay, like certain words I pronounce a certain way. Like R in A is A in Yoruba as opposed to A. So when you're saying A-J-A, you're saying Aja and not A-J. Oh, okay. Very, very interesting. So then uh, aside from that, what uh, recommendations do you have for the way that you practice a pronunciation? Do you have something special in your lessons plans when people go to your website and, and you know, sign up for lessons with you that you do that? Like, how do you give people a little bit of an idea what to expect when they do your lessons with pronunciation? So with pronunciation, <laughs> it'd be, the courses are mostly a video, a video form. Oh, okay, so right, yeah. I always encourage you to kind of listen to the video and then practice. So in between, I'll be like, now I want to hear you say it. And even though I can't actually hear you, then it forces you to practice out loud. I don't just want you to watch and hear, but not practice it yourself. But I'll always explain the difference in tone. I'll always compare it to something else. Like, so this is oh, okay. oko and not oko. Or good, this is... Good. So I always um, highlight if there's going to be another word that looks like it, and then I'll repeat the difference so you hear it often. Yeah, I, I really think for someone that's learning, once they have that and they're able to compare, it's we have words that sound the same in English, and we know, but we're just accustomed to it. So they mm -hmm. just you know get accustomed to seeing these different words, which brings me to my next question, which is about vocabulary. So, mm -hmm. for example, I learned a lot about the brain and how uh, vocabulary works to, to pick visual things, uh, to either use a visual dictionary or use things in your house. How do you recommend people just become like a, a, a magnet for vocabulary <laughs> words and just get all these Yoruba words inside <laughs> to speak? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say um, if you, let's say you're learning Yoruba, but when you're not learning, let's say someone asks you to pass them a book, in your mind just say, okay, I'm passing you the iwe. So uh, each time okay. that you do something, like, oh, I'm going to bed now, like, or like, um, mm. I'm looking at the door. So always, when you're saying stuff in English, just translate it in Yoruba, just so you're kind of, or if you want to say, I'm going outside, 
I'm going to quickly check what outside is. And then now you know in your mind what outside is. Or I want to sit on the chair. I'm sitting on the aga. So even when you're speaking mm. English, just try and like pick out little words and translate them so you know what the the things around your house is or the things outside are. Wow. That, that just brought me to almost like a spiritual, philosophical thing <laughs> because I started thinking like, wow, why don't we do that more? <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm thinking like, wow, imagine if I was to start doing that. And I, and I think doing that would be, it's like almost like you're, you're inhabiting your spirit in your, in your body, in your life. And this is what I think is so important about what you're doing is because, you know, with a, a language like Yoruba, it could be lost if we don't do it, if we don't uh, share it and, and think about it and practice it and, and, and use it. So what you're saying is basically, if you want to learn it, just bring it back into your life a little bit. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of success under the sun? Visit onorunbooks.com success and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your email inbox. Now back to the show. So, uh, so basically like it's this, uh, this spiritual or philosophical thing that I'm realizing that it's kind of like if you don't speak something into your existence or you don't think about it, it's hard for it to become part of you or part of your life, or part of your spirit. And I see that as something that's really important with this because I think there's a motivation for learning Europe, but then, then learning like another language. Like a lot of people learn English so that they can do business or go to school or do these jobs. What are some of the reasons North Americans, Brazilians, Africans, and Africans in Europe and Europeans should be learning Yoruba. What are some of those motivations on various different levels? So uh, some of the ones that I have already that people have um, said, so a lot of um, African-Americans learn it because either they find out that they have um, Nigerian, particularly Yoruba heritage, and they want a way to connect. So yeah. I've had a student say that she never felt like um, English was her first language, even though mm. it was. She didn't feel like it was her true language so learning Yoruba has helped her connect to you know where she really comes from um some people learn because it's their heritage they don't want to lose that and we are actually at a point where Yoruba could really be extinct very soon because a lot of people aren't teaching their children um a lot of people if they're not teaching their children that means their children can't teach I mean most of my friends are all like Nigerians none of them can speak it Wow. So if they can't speak it, they can't teach their children. Every, and let me and just say, everybody out there, this is the calling. <laughs> this is the time. She's got the lessons online. We're trying to share with you. This is the time not to be lazy. We need to learn our Yoruba. We need to record it. We need to share it and pass it on. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we do. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. Because um, a lot of other tribes, they, they don't have that issue. They speak yeah. it. Their children yeah. speak it. So... If the next two generations of people who can speak Yoruba die, literally there's nowhere else that you're going to learn it. There's no book that teaches it like in, in depth. There will be no way to learn. You know that's your next project, that. right? You know you can put <laughs> I'm working like, on it. Okay, if you, you want to collaborate on something, I'll be more than willing to uh, work with you on that. I'd love to. 
There's so much to do. Um, so I think heritage is the biggest thing. If you don't know the language, so much is lost about where you come from and your history. Um, there are so many things in the Yoruba history and culture that can only be explained in Yoruba. Like when people try and explain it to me or I try and explain it, I can only explain it properly in Yoruba. So you lose such a large chunk of where you came from and the traditions and the culture that influence who we are, even some names. Some names cannot be fully changed translated in English you just need to understand Europe but to understand the depth of the name so I think if you are someone who has any Yoruba heritage or, or lineage at all, it's something that you want to know, even at a basic level, so that it doesn't die out and it's not like we never existed, because that could very much happen, I think. Well, I have, uh, you know, I grew up with a lot of books on my shelf, and I, and I didn't bring a lot with me when I traveled to Brazil, but, you know, I always have a, a couple things. This is Yoruba myths, and I wanted to ask you about that because... Uh, you know, you have the uh, the Orishas and, and the, the Yoruba system of spirituality, Ifa, and, and these things. The connection with vibration and nature, is that what you're referring to when you say some things? like Because a lot of these myths, they, they talk about connections with like the sun or uh, the land or water or uh, energy and things like that. Is that what you're referring to? Explain, give us an example of a concept that's very difficult to explain in English in your best way. You you have an, a background as an attorney, so we'll hope that you can, in your best <laughs> way, <laughs> give us a summary of something like that. That's tough, but let's say we're talking about um, an idiom or a proverb, for example. So yeah. we're saying things like, Enutobatijedudu. Um, or something like so what that's trying to say is that uh the mouth that is eaten like a plantain <laughs> but it's, it's a met metaphor won't be able to tell the truth but if you don't like understand what it's really trying to say what they're or when they talk about IG, for example it could be wealth it could be riches it could be how to phrase it like good fortune kind of okay. It's, so it's the idea of like prosperity, wealth, abundance, good fortune. Yeah. Things like so that. So even that, just trying to explain it in English, we have to find all these different words yeah. to explain what Ajay itself means. When if you just know what it so sometimes you can <laughs> read it in the context as money. Sometimes it's prosperity. Sometimes it's like um like profit when you like there's so many different ways that we would you have to explain it in English. Whereas if you spoke Yoruba, you know exactly what it means in each sentence. Uh -huh. um, so it's just little stuff like that or a proverb that when you translate it literally, it just would never mean what it was intended when you said it in Yoruba. Yeah. And yeah. no English phrase can adequately translate it or explain it so you understand its true intentions. Yeah, I would agree with that because sometimes when I'm reading like something like this, like the Yoruba myths or Yoruba proverbs in English, sometimes they come off as these very simplistic tales of, uh, you know, like the, the, the sun and the rabbit or the snake and this and that. And, <laughs> you know that there's more there. You know that there's, when you're reading it, you, and especially if you know some, uh, you know some history of Yoruba history and culture, you know there's more to it. Like things that you maybe heard your family, your parents say, 
And I think that that's where actually having the Yoruba and understanding Yoruba and then listening to some music and other things you can, you have a deeper sense of that because I think as, as Africans indigenously, uh, our ideas of, of things were obviously different. I mean, if you think about money, you know, what about like the, the, the fortune of, of good nature or, you know, things that were different definitions of wealth and prosperity aside from just paper dollar bills or cars or houses. Yeah. So, so it's hard to make that, but I think that with the Yoruba, it's, it's much easier to, to feel that, I guess. Let me ask you about um, cultural things, uh, because I grew up with uh, some of these uh, these artists like uh, Ebenezer Obey, uh, Fela Kuti, uh, different artists. Um, what are some of the, the music and art and culture and things like that that you like to consume that helps you resonate and connect with your language and culture? Mm -hmm. So that I think um, music is a really good one because especially not so much like Afrobeats now, which I love Afrobeats. I listen to uh -huh. them all the time. But That's like, more, a little saying, more like, modern, right? Like most of the Afrobeats yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, like Ebenezer Obey, those type of Sunny Day, those type of um, era of music, they never just sang. There was always meaning behind mm -hmm. the song. So there's one song that I, I listen to often. It's called Moti or Moti Unshi. The title of the song is, is like an advice. It's saying like, uh, remember the child of whom you are. And mm. so that's just an example of the type of music that they made. So when you listen to like those songs, you're listening to a story. You're not listening to just like, nowadays you have like two minutes. All of those songs are also like much longer. Right. Um, so you, you want to listen to a two minute song with just a chorus. It's a whole story. It just walks you through like the whole advice system. Or like there's even one where it talks about like husband and wives and how they should be to each other. And when I was listening to them, it's like, this is just like you're sitting someone down and advising them, but they do it to songs. So I think if you want to learn a lot about Yoruba, the like Yoruba language as well, listening to like, like you said, Ebenezer would be Falakuti, because he spoke a lot about like the condition of how things were as well. Um, those are really good. That's a really good way. And it just shows you like Yoruba is so rich. Like even yeah. in song, you're still learning so much. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, I remember listening to these songs growing up. And I think what would be cool for a lot of people that did grow with this type of music in their household to go back and visit that music. And you may understand more uh, about your parents, you know, your family and even remember some of those songs and connect it with the language, probably help you learn the language faster as well, because now you have some memories and things like that. So, um, you know, and I remember uh, we had like a, a talking drum. So uh, my dad had in the house the talking drum and, uh, you know, just some of those like, like the old band, Fufu, the food, <laughs> you know? So I think that connecting those things helps with memories and uh, I think it's really important. Um, so let me ask you about, let's go into uh, talking a little bit about grammar, because, uh, you know, a lot of people look at English and these romance languages and grammar, and it's just su such a rigid thing, and they have all these rules and things like that. Um, Yoruba is basically contextualizing in English letters in order to explain it. <laughs> but how, how does that translate into grammar? And, and the structure? How, how different is that structure? 
you know, in terms of parts of speech and things like that? Mm, so I think it is a little bit different. Um, so, for example, when we say adjectives in English, for example, we say uh-huh. a new job. We say a beautiful person. But okay. in Yoruba, you have to put the person first and then or the thing first and then the adjective after it. So okay. we say new job in English, but you'll say isha tuntun in Yoruba, which is job new. Or you okay. say beautiful person in English, but in Yoruba, you'll say a torewa, a person that is beautiful. So okay. we cannot say rewa inyon. We can't say beautiful person literally. Um, same mm-hmm. thing for possessing something. So when we say my car, in English, we say my and then car. In Yoruba, we say car and then me. So we say oko mi, my car. Oko mi, okay. That's that oko again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll get it. I'm so going to say it. I'm going to practice. <laughs> but you could, you would say oko mi. That's the same thing in, in Portuguese where you would say, well, in Portuguese, you would say meu carro, but you would say carro azul for blue car. So you say car. So that's that's similar in Portuguese there. Uh, what about articles like the, like the car or things like that? So funnily enough, also with that, this, the, they also go on the end. <laughs> so uh-huh. it is, you'll say what it is first and then that. But with the, we don't really have a, we don't have an A. So that you don't say a car. Okay. You won't say, um, I want a car, just a more fail car. But also, the we don't really have like a specific word for. You can say that sometimes, and sometimes you won't say anything. So if I wanted to say, bring me the car outside, or okay. bring me the bag on the table, the word the in there is, there's no word for it, because you don't <laughs> need to say the anymore. You know what bag it is that you is want to Is this why bring. people start talking with their mouth and their, like that? Because I, I mean, there's, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Be like over there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Um, but that's so, just yeah, mannerism, so, right? <laughs> yeah, it's mannerisms. <laughs> um, but there's no there. There is that. There's this. Uh-huh. Um, no, no actual word for there. The way that we use it in English. Okay, and and what? Why do you think that is? Do you think that uh, we? We historically just had like a more um, simple, direct connection with things. I mean, I don't, I'm just curious. I don't know if you know the answer to that, but. I think the reason why is because, you know, so if, if okay, for example, let me give you two sentences. Bring me the bag okay. and bring me the bag on the table. Uh-huh. So in the bag on the table, you don't need the, because I guess the point of the itself in English is to um, make it clear which bag. Like, it's to specify, yeah, yeah, not a bag, the uh-huh. bag, right? But in Yoruba, to say the bag on the table, you already know what bag, so you don't need to say a word for there anymore. It's the okay. bag on the table. But in the sentence, bring me the bag, you will say a word for the, but the word for the is that. So, uh, bring okay, that bag. So, we don't say. You won't say the, you'll say that bag. So we know exactly what bag it is you're talking about. Ah, uh, okay, okay, makes sense. And uh, what about as far as um, when you're doing things like uh, where you have your pronouns? Let's, let's run through the pronouns again, just so we know. 
I, he, she, so people can get an idea of what those sound like. So let's say, let's try that. So pronouns is the most difficult part. Oh, <laughs> man. You didn't warn me about that. You didn't warn me about that. Okay, well, let's, let's take a stab at it. Let's, let's see if we can, mm-hmm. you know, kind of give me a little overview of it. Mm-hmm. So um, let's say you want to talk about um, I am doing something, you are doing something, they are doing something. So let's right. take that part of the pronouns. Okay. So I am doing something is mon shink. So remember I was okay. saying I is mo, M-O. Right. You is o. So on shink, you are doing something. O. Oh, okay. On. Okay. So more is I, or is you. So more, more. I'm, I'm going to say more, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. More. more. And then what is they? So one shank, they are doing something. And and, and that's the M-O-U-N? Oh, W-E-O-N. Okay, so spell that one again. W-E? W-O-N. W-O-N. Oh, one. One. Yeah. One. One. So mo mo o won. I learned something with uh, Portuguese about using my hands uh, to to basically for I he she you they and you and you all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to integrate that here in in our. So I'm gonna think in my brain. This will hopefully help some people out there as well because verbs are a little bit more abstract and you're changing pronouns all the time. So what, what I learned in Portuguese was just to keep that root base of, okay, so mm-hmm. I'm going to say mo, o, and one for they. Mm-hmm. And what about we? What about we? Because we do this. That would be a we. Ah. Ah. So that's just the letter A? Yeah. So an, shin, we are doing something. Okay. So I'm going to write that down here. So we got mo, ah, and then we got one. Okay, and then what about like uh, you know in the South in the United States we say y'all or you all or vocês in Portuguese. So that would be the equivalent of speaking to an older person, which is e, e. So you are doing something, but you mean multiple people or an older person, like a group of people or an older person. Okay, exactly. And then we have. He and she. How do you do that? How do you say that? So in Yoruba, Yoruba is actually genderless. So in Yoruba, we don't separate man, woman, oh, whoa, whoa, and whoa, 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 hold on. We'll back up a little bit. <laughs> okay, you know, Portuguese, everything is gender. English, okay. some things are gender. But you know, but you mean, how, how can it be genderless? Do you mean, do you mean like English genderless or do you mean like genderless? Yeah, so there's no like, there's no, there's no difference between saying him, her, or it. Okay, so there's no way. <laughs> yeah. So no, there's no like gender specific. The language isn't gender specific essentially. So him, her, he, she, um, none of that. You can't specify gender. So whenever you're saying he, it's the exact same word for she. Okay. It's the exact same word for it. Wow, so what is that word? <laughs> <laughs> What's the magic word? Yeah. It's all as well, just with a different 
So oh, that's what we want. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what type of all oh, oh oh is this? Okay, so this is on shinko. On shinko. Kind of. So you is on on shinko. On on you on. On. Or on. Shankar, mm-hmm. no, on. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. on, okay, give on. me, my, my, another time, try again, another time, I'm gonna hear. You is on, on, he or she, mm-hmm. he or she, on, on, so it's yeah. a little higher, on, yeah. oh, so on, on, Okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna mark that as a special star. <laughs> gonna have to practice that. <laughs> okay, oh, no. that's very interesting, and I think that's where people get a little intimidated. But people have to remember, like, just like singing or something, like it's practice. People people learn how to play guitar, right? So if people learn how to play guitar, piano. We can learn these things. I I learned that from poetry and music that. There are certain tones and sounds eventually you can learn how to speak, you know? Okay, so that, that's pretty much your structure of your first, you know, just your, your regular pronouns. Of, uh, okay. And then uh, does it get more complicated if you're saying, like, I am going with them or I am going with her? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so the way that I break it down is that I kind of have five different categories. So we have like, there's a formal category, there's the common category, which is the one I just gave. So when you're saying that the person is the active person, the active pronoun, you're the one doing something. Then I have like the extra. So that's when it's, you're more passive. So I saw you. So the you that comes at the end of a sentence, I saw them or they saw us. So there's pronouns at the beginning, pronouns at the end of the sentence. Then we have possession, so saying mine, yours. And then we have possessive, saying my and your something. Oh, yeah. I actually made some notes on possessives a little bit. Um, Is this the the, the T1? T1? Yeah, so that's possession. The T1, theirs. I'm starting to feel excited because you're helping me put the pieces together a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, from learning the Portuguese, I kind of learned the structure. So I think I'm going to have to, to, you know, practice a lot more, of course, <laughs> for your lessons. But um, so what? So um, other than that, I think the only, like, do they have, like, reflexive? Reflexive? Like, okay, like, I hurt myself. Mm-hmm. Mm, not really everything you need to know is so in the the way i teach it is with a table and once we go through the table you have everything you need to know to say like any of the any anything in that requires a pronoun so Uh i hurt myself you would say but you can find that in the table i see i see that's not too bad that's not too bad (laughs) So um, as far as like, uh, I was going to ask you another question about um, going from the grammar. Let's see. Oh, yeah. 
So what I what I always encourage students to do is that after you study like a lot of pro, uh, pronunciation, verbs, vocabulary, grammar, go out and try to speak or try to listen and then try to write and try to read. You know, the reading, writing, listening, speaking. How do you recommend that for students when Europe is not such a dominant language? Not like... I mean, can they find um, more film in Europa? Can they find, uh, obviously we talked about the music, but what about reading, uh, maybe online, some, some, some resources or just how to talk with other people, maybe just family, how should they do that? So there's um, two things I'd say. So with like students, if you have a Yoruba teacher, so with my mm-hmm. students, I link them up with other students. So they have a study okay. buddy that they oh, can great. talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I give them work to do that practices. So we have a speaking exercise. I'll give them an English paragraph, ask them to translate it in Yoruba. Listening exercise, I'll I'll read out a paragraph in Yoruba, ask them to translate it back to me in English. So uh-huh. if you have a teacher, they can do something like that for you. So they're giving you materials to study and read. If yeah. you don't, there are so many films, so, so many films on YouTube. They're all free. Um, so I have a, a number of videos that suggest videos, movies that you can watch, and I recommend which ones have good translation and subtitling. So okay. there are movies. In terms of text, there's not so many. So if you're looking just to yeah. read Yoruba, um, I can't recommend a lot. But if you have a dictionary, I mean, no one likes reading a dictionary, but <laughs> if you're looking yeah. to pick up new words, um, you can just like have a dictionary, yeah. maybe one that um, gives you sentences. Because okay. uh, I'm currently working on flashcards, which will give you like the the, the verb, I mean, the the Thing, for example, car, and then give you a number of sentences to use it with. So that's uh-huh. another way that you can learn if you can find flashcards. Um, but reading, you won't find a lot of, but in terms of watching, speaking, listening, there's a lot of um, things out there that you can do. Gotcha. And, and of course, family, right? I have so much family in Lagos and <laughs> I have I have a cousin, Ruth, that she's going to be really excited when she sees this <laughs> interview because she was trying to teach me some things. And uh, I think it would be really good because you have you have something that's very rare, which is not just just talking to us, but you understand the structure of the language and you know English very well, and you have a very logical mind and a positive attitude. So I think combining that and with the family, you can kind of take your lessons, you know, your training, and then enter into those conversations a little more. Uh, Confidently, right? <laughs> no, you, you That's it. That's it. Go ahead. Yeah, so you I was gonna say oh, go I'm ahead. sorry, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Respond to that one because I, I know that um, a lot of people they are like they feel like the family laugh at them when they say it so oh, okay. once you've done some practice then you can go to family and they're the best ones to practice with I think yeah. because they'll just speak to you normally so then you can just see if, okay what I'm learning I can actually use it practically now yeah 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 and you know those feelings I, I used to have those feelings when I was younger like when I was like 10 11 12 and I always felt like that American kid who I didn't know my language and then the family would speak and then they would ask me to say some Yoruba, you know, and I'd do a little, but not a lot. 
So it, it kind of like was funny when I saw your brother when you were putting him and he started sweating like, oh man. <laughs> so I kind of remember that feeling. But I think the good thing is now um, as we get older and we start to cherish our, our culture and heritage and everything, it could just be fun. You know, I think everybody should just take it light, you know, enjoy the time with your family and, and play with some words and speak. And if they laugh at you, so what? That's what it's about, right? It's exactly. not, they're not laughing because you're a horrible person. They're laughing because it's fun and interesting for us to, to really embrace the language and just to hear it again and just to, to enjoy the language, you know? Now, I was going to ask you about that, that movies or films. You, are, are there any particular films or movies by title that you, you could recommend or a place where we can look those up? So if you're, it depends what you're after. If you're looking for something that's like very cultural, um, so I would say more older movies. So Sawarede, um, Agogwewo. Oh, we'll put those on the blog and everything as well. And maybe if you could text me the exact titles, sure. we'll post those for everybody so they get the exact the names for them. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll send you like a list of, of, of them. And if anyone's on YouTube as well, if you just type in, I've made a playlist, a few playlists, and then oh, Yoruba movies to watch, or Yoruba movies to watch to learn Yoruba. Or if you just um, type in Yoruba movies 2020, there's so many, you would never finish them, I promise you. Okay, <laughs> You'll be watching movies you're tired. <laughs> that's good to know. And, and they can just uh, Google you, yourbalessons.com, or your, your your YouTube channel is what? Give them your, your YouTube Blessing. channel. So my YouTube channel is Blessing Kayadi. Right, so the, it's just your name on the YouTube channel, but then yourbalessons.com, and then your yes. underscore lessons for your Instagram. Okay, well, we've been going for about an hour now today. Is there anything that you would like to add regarding uh, the importance of learning Yoruba or what are some of your, I always like to talk about the vision, you know, what, what, where do you see yourself going in terms of the growth of this channel and what is your mission and vision going forward from 2020 and beyond? <laughs> um, so I think I'd like, Yoruba to be a lot more prevalent. So my biggest like project at the moment is the YorubaLessons.com. Um, I want to make it. I don't. There's no platform out there that you can go and take actual lessons. So yeah, yeah. I've been just documenting all of my lessons, filming courses, um, writing materials. So YorubaLessons.com is a place where you can go and actually have lessons, online lessons, the way that you can have French lessons or um, like Rosetta Stone, you can buy the course. Um, so that's the idea there. But right. also just culture, you know, like um, Ankara print things, talking about food, a community of Yoruba people. The, the goal is that people my age will be able to speak Yoruba fluently and then so they can teach their children and then they can teach their children. I just want to keep the language alive and the culture. So yeah. that's that's the goal. And I it's want to beautiful do language, beautiful people, beautiful <laughs> culture, right? And we're so glad that we have you. We have this Yoruba YouTube queen. <laughs> and no, we just want to tell you that we're honored and appreciate you. And uh, and I'm glad that I was able to have you on the show. And uh, thank you for sharing your time with us today and all of your wisdom regarding learning language. And uh, this is just maybe the first of many. Uh, we'll, we'll come back and perhaps 
my Yoruba will be up a notch <laughs> and I'll be able to converse a little more and we can, we can come back and visit and, and see the progressions and bring other people <laughs> to the conversation as well, right? <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I've you had a lovely blessing. It's been great having you. All right. Have a great <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Sun Chase and Success. Make sure to visit our blog at www.olorumbooks.com slash blog. Again, that's O-L-O-R-U-N books.com slash blog. You can also subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of your favorite platforms, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on your preferred platform. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out Bio's ebook, Secrets of Success Under the Sun. It's available at olorunbooks.com success. Subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Until next time, Sun Chasers, cheers to your success.